Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love for you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am still your champion, the New Jersey Kid Joe Sheehan, alongside my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? Ugh, it pains me. I, what is this, two title defenses now? This is two overall successful defenses. In a row? No, no, overall. Oh, this okay. Is your, this is your first successful defense in this title reign. Ah, okay. Uh, but this is the second, this is two title reigns back-to-back where you've had a successful defense. So Gotcha. The tide may be turning in our relationship. Where it's I just like win all the time? It's like you're the Okada finally starting to eclipse my Tanahashi. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's see if he can get a successful second defense, or not. Hey, I mean, I'm past Sasha Banks at this point. I've defended it. That's true. You have already <laughs> fully eclipsed Sasha Banks, <laughs> who is still AWOL. Yes, and uh, actively promoting a lot of AEW stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Do we think that's? Anymore now with the AEW stuff, I always got to think, is it real or is it a work? Like, For WWE is, people? Yeah, is this, like, her? Because, I don't know, I can't. I just can't see Sasha outside the WWE, so maybe that's my problem, like, is my I, perspective. I totally like, can. I can. I feel like I would not be surprised at all if she tries to, you know, keep trying to get out of her contract or eventually just rides it out and then tries to go to AEW or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I think uh, any of these superstars that do want to leave, I think they need to listen to Dean Ambrose's contract uh, podcast though with Jericho. Just how he was like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to cause any problems. I worked until my contract was done, and then I just didn't resign. Because yeah. the problems are like when they vocally voice their displeasure and stuff like that. And it's like, nope, just keep your head down, mm-hmm. stay until your contract's up, and then just leave. Well, and especially in his situation, the problem, right, was that his wife works there, too, and still yes. works there. So he had to make sure he didn't cause problems. But, like, you know, someone like Sasha Banks, whose husband doesn't work there, I feel like she could be a little bit more like, eh, fuck you guys. I'm done. Well, the problem is, though, they might do, like, with Luke Harper, where Luke Harper requests mm-hmm. his release, and then they go, ah, no, we're we're not going to uh, release you, and we're also going to extend your contract because of all, all that time you were out with an injury. Hey, you know what? Then at least you're just getting paid to sit home and then start thinking about all the things you want to do once you get released instead of, like, being buried on TV. That's true. Like, I feel like the revival keep getting done to them. You know? But I think I think they have the Dean Ambrose. Uh, the I, I think they, I think they have that awareness now because they yeah. used to be a little bit more vocal and stuff started happening to them and they were like, all right, we learned our lesson. And now we're just going to keep our heads down and just work until it's done. Like, yeah, we're, we're just going to shut the fuck up. Hopefully you don't punish us too much on the way out. Another big thing is uh, Dean pointed out that uh, because his contract just went off and there was no release or anything like that, mm-hmm. he's still going to get his WWE royalties. Yeah, so like anytime they do S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, yep. he's going to be getting money for <laughs> he, the rest he, of his life. I think he, he like said the exact number. He's like, yeah. So anytime they do something with the shield, I'm gonna get that 85 cents or something. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that tiny bit of royalty. Yeah, yeah. That's smart, you know. And then especially, actually, you know, I guess depending on how much they want to go back to like the four horsewomen stuff, they might want to. Sasha Banks might want to make sure that she leaves in at least okay graces. Yeah, but I also I feel like Sasha Banks is the type of person that she's young enough and she seems to love wrestling enough that i think that even if she left wwe for a couple years 
I think she'd probably be back eventually. That's what I that I think that's how I see her is I just see mm-hmm. her as the person that like WWE was her goal, and mm-hmm. so no matter what, she's gonna try to stick it out there. Yeah. So even if it is, you're right. Even if it is going somewhere else for one or two years or something like that. And who knows? Maybe out. maybe it would do her a whole lot of good. Like maybe she all of a sudden becomes like a way better wrestler too. Like not that she's already not also good. Mm-hmm. She is, but like maybe she gets like a whole another echelon better from stepping away from the company for a little while and then eventually coming back who knows yeah i mean you you don't even have to do like an equivalent to wwe right with Mm -hmm. now AEW is the is the equivalent in terms of like size uh look at someone like christian so on edge and christian's latest podcast Mm -hmm. um they had a q a and someone asked edge like how did he feel about christian leaving wwe for that well oh i think it was like a year or two when he went to tna Mm-hmm. and uh he was like he was like i thought he needed it like he had just felt like he had reached everything he could in wwe and they weren't giving him any more and so he just said screw it i'm going somewhere else i'm going to prove i can be a main eventer mm-hmm. and he did that in tna and he came back and i feel like that definitely helped his wwe career in the end yeah you know just you know having a new place to go and show exactly what you can do and not only just like the kind of you know bigger fish in a smaller pond thing but also i think especially in the case of wwe going somewhere where you can have more creative freedom to kind of show off like what else you can do as a character that they aren't letting you do Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of people especially the last couple years like the people who've left wwe because like before i feel like there were a lot of people who just kind of like got kicked out and then they would kind of be on the indies for a little bit but then they would just kind of disappear and you don't hear about them but like the last couple years the big kind of people who have left like are going and then all of a sudden finding greater success and creating bigger characters than they had in WWE. Yeah. Like, you know, Cody uh, Rhodes obviously being one of the most prominent examples from before, but now Jericho obviously too, uh, Moxley, and probably some other ones I'm not thinking of right now, but... <laughs> um, What was I going to say? I it, oh, Already Ty is... Dillinger with Sean Spears? Yeah. Um, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Uh, on he is on sam roberts podcast this week that's what it was and he talked about how when he left he was like the first one i think of that what you're saying because he was saying how when he left he talked to the guys and they were just like yeah go on the indie scene and then just do your WWE gimmick and you'll get paid really well at first but then you know the paychecks start decreasing because then you're not as like hot coming off of WWE. and he was like that sounds dumb (laughs) yeah and he goes i'm gonna do something different and that's when he like went to impact and went overseas to uh scotland and things like Mm -hmm. that to raise their independent scene and things like that and Mm -hmm. definitely reinvented himself yeah and i mean it's definitely yielded some good results for sure yeah and uh he gets to fight the big bad dog roman reigns this sunday (laughs) which like I mean, we'll get into predictions a little bit later, but, like, how fucking humiliating is it going to be if he can't beat Roman Reigns after Roman Reigns has just now lost to, like, Shane McMahon? And stuff like that, you know? Because, like, also, to remind you, this match is not even very fresh at all because they fought at WrestleMania. Yeah. But he did say, and I I will give him that, is that he said in the interview that, like, he was like, it was a vote of confidence by the company to give him Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for Roman Reigns' first singles match back. That's true. And in in the eyes of the company, that is true. Yeah. I was like, huh. I hadn't thought about it like that. That's cool for you then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, in, in their eyes, I'm sure that was like the level of like, oh, well, you get to lose to The Undertaker at WrestleMania. It's an honor. You get to lose to Reigns at WrestleMania. It's an honor. Even though, like, man, can you imagine how much more fucking heat he would have gotten beating Roman Reigns in his first match back from leukemia? Yep. God. Squandered opportunities. But, you know, that's just that's just the WWE's MO. But, uh, actually, speaking of uh, squandered opportunities, let me tell you about an amazing opportunity that I think WWE should listen to, pay attention, and potentially utilize. Well, we know okay. that they someone listens to this uh, podcast, so... It's true. There are ears out there. There are ears in the cornfield, if you get my meaning. Hmm. Um, but 
One of the great things about the New Japan show and system is the fact that they have factions on their show. And it's a very prominent thing. It's a very long-lasting thing over years to help really, like, build out and flesh out individual characters and then the dynamics between them. And then, obviously, just, you know, the faction warfare that happens between these groups. And I have come up with a bunch of factions that WWE could utilize to better use their superstars. Let me tell you about them, Joe. Oh, I want to hear them. Okay, so, starting with number one, the Samoan Dynasty, led by, of course, Roman Reigns. He has, in his corners, the Usos, Sean Baluda from, like, NXT, that kind of, like, uh, cruiserweight-ish Samoan guy, Tamina and Nia, and then also Samoa Joe as sort of their enforcer. So, I think it's pretty obvious exactly what this group is supposed to be. Just a bunch of fucking related Samoans who are kicking ass and taking names. (laughs) Then, headed up by Kurt Angle, American hero, as the sometimes wrestler but most of the time manager slash coach of a group called... Definitely more of that, please. Yep. Of a group called The Revival, which includes, (laughs) of course, The Revival, uh, both tag team members, and also Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler, Drew Gulak, and Tony Nese as the most elite athletes and classically trained wrestlers in WWE. Wait, not his uh, son? He's kind of retired, but if he's allowed to come back out of retirement, then yes, also Jason Jordan. Yeah. Where the fuck has he been? <laughs> I think he got some sort of injury, and he's like a man- uh, uh Not manager. Um, oh, agent, agent? Like a major. Yeah. I thought I heard that. Yeah. So if, if he's allowed to come back, then also Jason Jordan. Uh, okay, then the New Day. Is going to get a couple of new members because you've still got Kofi, you got Big Woods, uh, Big Woods, <laughs> Big E, and Xavier Woods. <laughs> Big is that Woods. When you combine? <laughs> That's the new tag team, Big Woods. <laughs> uh, so joining their ranks will be Naomi, R Truth, and Carmella, No Way Jose, and Bailey. So the other people who are very happy and excitable and like to dance and bring happiness to the WWE universe. Then you've got the Iconics, who are going to become a huge faction. And are actually not even actually led by Peyton or Billy, but is now going to be led by Alexa Bliss and Velveteen Dream. Who? The two leaders of the Iconics, Bliss and Velveteen Dream, alongside, you've got the glorious Bobby Roode, Mike and Maria Kanellis, uh, Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose, Peyton, Royce, and Billy Kay, Ginny from NXT UK, and the Fashion Police. Enforcing their rule over the WWE Universe to be fabulous and image-obsessed people. Nice. Then, uh, kind of similar but a little bit different, you have the Miz Taraj. So, that's obviously headed by the Miz. Miz and Maurice. Uh, and then he's got a bunch of goons. He's got Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, but also Bo Dallas and Kurt Hawkins. Oh, wait. Not Kurt Hawkins. Uh, Curtis Axel. I said... That's, <laughs> Kurt Hawkins and Curtis Axel, the two Kurt Kurt, I, Kurt Hawkins cloned himself. And yeah, so just, clo- just cloned himself a little bit. To, just took a little bit of perfect DNA, though, Yeah. to add in. Uh, and then also Liv Morgan and Alicia Fox is kind of like some go-go girls to cheer for Miz. Uh, then you've also got Boss Incorporated, which is going to be led by Sasha Banks, of course. Yes. And then she's got her uh, 1% Man Candy EC3. Nice. Best friend Mercedes Martinez. Uh, tag team the Street Profits, and also hype man Leo Rush, uh, bodyguard Ooh. Bobby Lashley, the uh, Saudi or not quite Saudi uh, Iranian oil guy Arya Davari that'll sign into their group and give them extra money. Nice. And then Bianca Belair also in that group. Then you uh, have only uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. was still wrestling. Yes, if he was around, he would be in there too. Uh, okay, so then you also have. The Dark Alliance, and this would be headed up by Alistair Black. So we've got basically the new um, Dark Order, or what, what, what the fuck is uh, Undertaker? Uh, Ministry. Thing. Ministry of Darkness, yes. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Alistair Black, we've got Demon Balor, we've got Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Nikki Cross, Lars Sullivan, Eric Young and Alexander Wolfe, Rhea Ripley, and Ela Dawn. Nice. To round out that kind of dark faction. Uh, and then you have the Authority, of course, which has the McMahons and Triple H, uh, but also Randy Orton, Big Show, the Chosen One, Drew McIntyre, 
uh, Andrade and Zelina Vega, and then also Jinder Mahal and the Sings. So they've got a bunch of, uh, you know, just big dudes, old dudes, and a little bit of a mixture of foreigns that they can't be accused of being racist. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got The Bar, who's going to be a bunch of, uh, this is sort of like um, the League of Nations, but better. So you've got Cesaro and Sheamus, uh, but Cesaro is the leader of this group. Uh, so Cesaro, Sheamus, Rusev, Buddy Murphy, Walter, uh, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel, and then also uh, Donovan, Donovan Dijakovic, or whatever the fuck they're calling him now. But basically a bunch of European dudes who are big and muscly. <laughs> uh, then you've got the Undisputed Era. So you've got, obviously, still uh, Adam Cole as the leader, and uh, the current roster of uh, Fish, O'Reilly, and Strong. But we're also going to add in Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens... Ruby Riot, Diana Parazzo, and Marina Shafir to mm. round out this group a little bit. It's sort of like the uh, indie, very wrestling heavy, very technical, but they're very kind of pissed off and they got a chip on their shoulder sort of group. Uh, then we've got this is the biggest faction that I've put together, the Honor Guard. And this is all the people who are like baby faces to the end. They care about having good matches and things like that, and not cheating. So this is uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Kushida, Tozawa, Apollo, uh, I was about to call him Apollo Creed, Apollo Crews, <laughs> uh, Candice LeRae, Cedric Alexander, Seth Rollins, uh, Johnny Gargano, Ricochet, AJ Styles, Ember Moon, and then also Asuka, Io Shirai, Kairi Sane, and Mustafa Ali. So those are all the people kind of like trying to keep honor in WWE and make sure people aren't cheating and shit like that. <laughs> kind of like the, um, I don't know, almost like the chaos of WWE. Uh, then you uh, also have, sorry. I, I I was just gonna laugh at you said like Candice LeRae and I was like, mm -hmm. wait, where's Gargano? Is his wife just gonna be in this? <laughs> yeah, no, Gargano's in there too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay, and then uh, Los Luchadores, headed up by Mysterio, part-time wrestler, mostly coach, and then you've got uh, Kalisto, Lince Dorado, Grand Metalik, Umberto Carrillo, Sin Cara, and El Ligero. Just put all the masked guys together. <laughs> Here you go. You're all luchadors, and they're going to do the whole lucha thing. Many, many lucha things, as Kalisto would say. And then here we go. This is one of my favorite ones. The four horsewomen reimagined. You have Charlotte, Becky, Rhonda, and Shayna as the two top from each one of the four horsewomen reimagined into a new four horsewomen that just absolutely dominate the women's roster. Uh, and then you have the Planet's Champions, headed up by Daniel Bryan. So you'd have him, you would have Eric Rowan, the Viking Warriors, Sarah Logan, Kane, um, that Eric Bugenhagen guy who's like a weird hippie in NXT, uh, Brie Bella, and also Braun Strowman, the big old lumberjack, as all part of Daniel Bryan's uh, eco-friendly warriors. Nice. And then the last faction, British Strong Style, you've got Pete Dunne heading it up alongside uh, Mustache Mountain. Gentleman Jack Gallagher, Killian Dane, Dave Mastiff, Tony Storm, and Piper Niven. So that almost every faction here has got enough people to be sort of like singles people. You've got tag people. You've got women and men in most factions. Like, you could do so much. What do you think? I like it. it brings me back to like when there was DX and the Nation of Domination and... Mm -hmm. The corporation and ministry mm -hmm. and I feel like there are a lot of different pay-per-views and a lot of different TV that could be improved with having a better faction system but most of all especially Survivor Series could be completely yes. brought back with a heavier faction system the thing is you don't even need like the factions all year round for Survivor Series true like you just need to oh hey we're like a month out from the Survivor Series. We need to start building up, like, groups. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do. And I feel like even... Because if they also just gave, like, clearer stakes for why winning Survivor Series matters, that would be nice. Yeah. Because I feel like it's just one of those things that's like, why the fuck does this matter? <laughs> but they could definitely do some things better. But anyway, so that's, that's my pitch for some factions that I think things could be improved. But... Uh, to go over into the land of New Japan, where I'd originally got this idea, obviously, uh, the G1 Climax is about to be happening, Joe. 
Yep. This is a stacked ass card. Have you seen the uh, the blocks and the participants? Oh, I have the list of blocks up on my screen right now. This is like just like it's so insane too because like they're also even running with the story and it's just the crazy enough fact that like Minoru Suzuki is not even in this G1. Yeah, like, apparently he was like the final cut, right? Or like yeah, that's kind of that's list. how they're like playing it with the story on commentaries that like they're like he was number twenty one on a list of twenty. Yeah. <laughs> and that I think they they might also run with like that Moxley kind of took his place, mm. that he was like an unexpected addition or something like that. I could see that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let's run down. So block A, we've got Lance Archer, Evil, Bad Luck, Fale, Koto Ibushi, Kenta, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay, Zack Saber Jr., Sonata, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and then B, B block we have Jeff <laughs> well Jeff Cobb. It's a lot of B's like right yeah. there. <laughs> Roki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, John Moxley, Tatsuya Naido, Juice Robinson, Taichi, Shingo Takagi, Jay White, and Turiano. So usually, mm-hmm. most years, right, like, A Block is like, oh, you gotta give the edge to that one. Like, that's where all the, the stars are. But this mm-hmm. year, B Block, I feel like just, just as many. Yeah, it's 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 a really crazy distribution. Because, like, you look at it, and it's like, alright, well, obviously, like, you've got Okada... And then you've also got Tanahashi and Ibushi, like, all in one block. And, like, that's really big. But you have three different champions in B block. Because you've got Naito, you've got Ishii, and you've got Moxley. Yeah. All as champions. But then also, like, you know, Juice is becoming a bigger name. Goto's a big mainstay. White Shingo. is a huge character at this point. Shingo is now surgingly huge. Like, yeah. both blocks are just really stacked full of people. Like, it's... I... So, in my time down, uh, I took a, a week off down at the beach. I was on vacation. And the first night that all this stuff was announced, I took out some paper and I fucking did some full predictions for myself. <laughs> and it was so hard coming up with like who I think is going to win some of these matches. Just because well, like basically, it's a month worth of matches that you had to predict, right? Yeah, it's like what's that? And then there's so many times too where it's like each point really fucking matters, and each one of these matches really matters mm-hmm. sometimes, especially because like this is such a stacked field, like. I feel like usually there's one or two more people in each block that's like, oh, okay, clearly they're going to... Like, when Yoshihashi's in there, you know? He's always yeah. like, all right, well, he's fucking losing to every, almost everybody. I'm glad that Yoshihashi's not in it, because I think he's kind of a waste of space, but, uh, you know, it, it makes it a lot harder to predict with him not in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I feel like with A block, the big ones coming out of here like i would initially think that tanahashi would be a bigger name but the fact that he won last year i think really does kind of extra cut him out of the running yeah more than normal i think he'll still obviously do well points wise because how the fuck is he not going to do well points wise uh, but i feel like the front runners in this block are okada and abushi with then also kenta kind of up there but i feel like kenta coming back it's too soon for him to win a block or the tournament yeah, I was also I was leading towards Ibushi, Kenta, and I also might throw Zack Saber Jr. up there. Yeah, I could also at least also at least for winning A block. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think there's I don't think he wins the G one, but I could. It's possible he could win yeah. the block, at least. And then also he could be replaced. He's putting his apparently his G one spot up on the line. Oh my god! Like if he fucking loses his title and his spot to Yoshihashi. <laughs> I am gonna be like it's not gonna happen, but if somehow it happens, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. <laughs> that is so bullshit. If that happens, <laughs> um, interesting thing on Kenta though. Mm-hmm. So he's had a WWE schedule with a lot of injuries recently, and now he's going to jump into like a month of matches, like all in quick succession. I'm interested to see how he does. I feel like I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to hold out a little bit of hope here and hope that his uh, change in attitude will also bring a change in lack of injuries. Because, yeah. yeah, with the, him talking about his time in WWE and NXT, and people ask him, like, well, what were the highlights? Was there any good moments? And he's just like, no. <laughs> it all sucked. I hated it. Hideo Tommy yeah, is I... bullshit and it's dead. <laughs> I heard that, like, yeah, he did the I... English version of the New Japan has, like, a podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Check that out. <laughs> so I'm hoping that maybe now that he's like kind of revitalized in his spirit, then maybe his his body will come along too. Yeah, maybe it was like lack of e- like effort because he just didn't care. 
Yeah, I mean, to, to an extent, I feel like that's not entirely implausible as an explanation because I feel like, you know, obviously there's wrestling uh, injuries that happen by accident, but then there's also ones that happen from being people being sloppy. And mm-hmm. I, so that being a type of accident that there's obviously freak accidents, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe if he was that pissed off and upset that whole time, maybe some of his injuries just came from him being careless. Yeah. And him just being like, well, fuck this place. <laughs> They're just not using me well. You know what? It's it's better if maybe I'm injured for a little while because then they can't be burying me. <laughs> like, who knows? Maybe that was part of the thought process. I mean, definitely. Whenever you're doing something in it, uh, you like don't have the same passion for it. I think things mm-hmm. can definitely go wrong more often. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely more apt to make the mistakes, but. I definitely don't think him coming back to New Japan was a mistake. I feel like he uh, he's excited. The people are excited. I'm excited to see him. And yeah, I think he'll do well, but I don't think he's winning the block. I, I feel strongly that uh, A block is going to Ibushi. I also am predicting Ibushi wins the whole tournament. But oh, I, also, wow. I also predicted that for the New Japan Cup. And there may be a lot of just wishful thinking because I just really like Ibushi. <laughs> And I want it to be his time, damn it. Uh, when is it going to be his time? Yeah, when? Well, I mean, I think it's just a matter of time at some point now that he's signed this, like, uh, supposed lifelong contract, basically, with New Japan. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's just like, all right, at some point, the golden star will rise. You know it'd be great? Nobushi mm. wins A block and Naido wins B block. That's scary. <laughs> that's scary they're gonna kill each other i think i think it'd be smart for them to avoid doing that now just so then you have that in the back pocket later eventually if you want to do it again yeah because yeah, unlike wwe new japan like does series but like spaces them out yeah yeah and so but then uh going over to b block though because yeah i think naito is definitely one of the top runners to win that block um i also feel like jay white is a top contender also ishii and moxley the other champions yeah i think it's kind of one of those four moxley i think definitely has a chance of like yes he's a foreigner but like coming in so hot Mm -hmm. so true yeah he definitely has that but i feel like that doesn't help you as much as it does in like wwe as it does in new japan where like it'll help him probably get like so i have in my predictions moxley getting 12 points so I think he'll get kind of like 12 or 10 in that region. I don't think he's going to win the block, but I think he's going to get close. <laughs> he's going to be one of the top threats. Because, like, all right, so for my breakdown in B block, I have Moxley and Ishii both at 12 points. And then I have Naito and White both at 14 points. But the one who uh, wins between their individual match is the one who goes on to the finals, in my opinion. And in my booking, I think it's going to be Jay White. I think Jay White sneaks that win on Naito so that we get uh, the finals for the G1 in, in my booking, in my predictions, is Ibushi versus Jay White. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Because then uh, the way that I have it is like, so then Ibushi can beat Jay White at the end so that he'll eventually get his match there. But then Jay White, if he gets the win over Naito on the way, then that'll set him up for an intercontinental title match going after the G1. Hmm. So that's kind of where I think they might go with that. But then again, you know, it's I like the way that they book in New Japan in that they they give people just enough of a kind of a push that there's a lot of possibilities. Like they don't over uh I feel like they don't overscript the stories. To the point where then it's like, oh, well, there's only, like, one or two logical outcomes. Yeah. Like, they give it enough openness that, like, oh, okay, there's, like, a whole bunch of different guys that could win this. Because, like, I feel like it's very strongly possible that Okada is going to keep the title all the way to Wrestle Kingdom at this point. Like, I don't think that he's going to drop it before then. So then, most likely, whoever wins the G1 is fighting Okada at WrestleMania. Or, not WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom. Sorry. (laughs) blaspheme myself there so then it's like all right is it going to be abushi is it going to be jay white is it going to be someone like ishii or moxley is it going to be someone like kenta or zsj 
I don't know. But I feel like or Naito. I feel like it's yeah, it's it's White, Naito, or Ibushi. I think. With keeping in mind that they're probably fighting Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. But with, with those, yeah. do you feel like there's someone else that's more likely than in that case, or do you think that it's probably one of those three? It's got to be one of those three with the way you lay that out. And if so, which one of those three, or uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts on those three as contenders? Like, if, if you were Ghetto <sighs> and you're in charge of this G1, it's like, and I guess with the idea that you're probably picking Okada's challenger at Wrestle Kingdom, who do you pick? Who'd you have again? I think the three most likely candidates are Jay White, Tetsuya Naito, or Kota Ibushi. But, I mean, realistically, you can pick anyone in the G1, because they all have the chance. I mean, those three are probably the highest ones, so I kind of go with Ibushi, then. Yeah. Because my Unless you go with the rematch from uh, WrestleMania weekend of Jay White, but I just don't see that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I just, I also just don't see Naido in Okada, so. Yeah. The, yeah, because I feel like it's, it's, I feel like it'd be more likely to be either Ibushi or Naito. Um, but the problem with Naito, I think, is if they're going to do Naito, I feel like they would have to do the double champion storyline. And I feel like that's just not what they want to do, or at least not yet. Like I and also I feel like the type of character that they have for Naito is like there's a lot more like he's trying to get to the thing and then he fails and then you're there for like the journey of the heartbreak with him like you know he's he got the uh, Wrestle Kingdom main event stolen away from him and that made him bitter and became the black hat that he is and then when he finally did the, that WrestleMania or Wrestle Kingdom main event uh, not last year but the year before that at Wrestle Kingdom 12 he lost against Okada in the end. So then it's like if he fights Okada again, and then this time maybe he'll be champion, like both championships, then I feel like he would have to win. But I feel like they wouldn't give it to him. So then I feel like the most likely scenario is that we get Ibushi fighting Okada, and I think Ibushi probably loses. Because I feel like it would be part of the longer term storyline of then you know, it's like a whole another year or something until Ibushi can finally beat Okada or something. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, it's... I don't know. That's just my feel. That's my gut feel from the way they build it. Because I feel like then with the Ibushi, you can have the even longer story. But then again, you can have such a... I don't know. With Daito and Ibushi, there's so many great possibilities. I just want them to stay away from each other for a little bit longer because I don't want Ibushi <laughs> to die. <laughs> I just want to break. I just want you both to live. G one, so exciting. It's so starting many soon. options. It's like it's a it's a perfectly timed birthday present because it's starting like two or three days before my birthday. <laughs> and so it's like yes. Oh wow! I didn't even think about that. I'm very excited. So thank you, New Japan, for giving me a stack G one for my birthday. <laughs> Please let Ibushi win. But if for you, my birthday. But, yeah, for my birthday. Just change your entire business plans and booking patterns, you know. But uh, speaking of booking patterns and things like that, should we uh, jump over to Stomping Grounds and get some predictions in? Do we have to? Can we just skip that part? I demand that you defend the title. <laughs> so no, whether it's that. over just, Stomping Grounds just... predictions or if it's... You know, if, if it's not Stomping Grounds, then you got to fill out a whole G1... Uh, All right, let's do stopping. Thing, like, <laughs> it's 162 matches I'll have you know. That's a lot of predictions. All right. Um, okay, so do- Bad Luck Fale versus Lance Archer. <laughs> Bad Luck Fale. <laughs> I know. All right, stopping grounds then. All right. Who do I think has the best chance of... Um, I'll go with Becky Lynch retaining over Lacey Evans. Okay. That's that's my 100%, I think. That pick. is the 100%. I I agree. That would be a travesty if uh, a Lacey travesty, Evans won. I say. 
So it's like, I mean, and in both regards, too, it's like Becky Lynch is way too important of a character. And it's, it's actually a real fucking shame that they're putting her in a program with Lacey Evans for this long, right after WrestleMania. Like, yep. I feel like she needs a hotter program than this shit. And Lacey Evans is just dragging her down, and she is green as goose shit, not ready. <laughs> yeah, this is just a fart, and it shouldn't be happening. Yep. I, like, even if I get this point, I wouldn't want to win. Like, I would be very upset. Be like, no, I don't want this point. Fine, then, I'll take that point as well. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll take it, but, like, I'll be upset about it. I'll begrudgingly take it. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, okay, you know what? I'm pretty confident Kofi is keeping his title because uh, less less because I feel like they love Kofi so much, even though, weirdly enough... Because it's Dolph. Yeah, what? it's because Dolph. They fucking hate Dolph. They're not going <laughs> to give him shit. Are you kidding me? So <laughs> I'm thinking Kofi becomes Dolph. <laughs> it's like, I would love for them... Like, I, honestly, they actually have been booking Kofi okay, which is kind of surprising. Like, It sounds like you're cautiously optimistic, like... Yeah, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I wish that I could fully just pick it because, like, oh, yeah, like, Kofi, like, it's great. But it's like, no, like, I know he's keeping it because they hate Ziggler. Like, they, <laughs> they hate that fucker. <laughs> There's no way. So, yeah, Kofi will, Kofi will keep the title against Ziggler. For sure. Any objection? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, what do, what do you think of uh, Kofi's booking so far as champion? Oh, I'm loving it so far. That uh, they've done exactly what we've wanted them to do, which is, like I said, when Kofi won the championship, it'd be nice if the new day like tones down the silliness a little bit, and I think mm-hmm. they definitely have. The only... I think it's oh god, and I was gonna say I think it's because of the opponents they put with them, like Kevin mm-hmm. Owens and stuff like that. Yeah, true. And I, I feel like probably the only biggest mistake they've been making is just that uh, because of the wild card rule. I think that he's one of the people that's starting to get a little bit overexposed. You mean the same 10 guys every week? Yeah, like the same shitload of guys that are just like, whatever, I guess. Like, it's getting hard for me to keep track of some of the people who are like, who's on what show? Oh, they've definitely broken the rules. Yeah, like, I I think they, for some, I don't even know why they decided to make it a wild card rule. Why couldn't they just say, like, fuck it, we're just letting people, like, roster switch now? Yeah, that, I don't understand either. But then, even if you wanted to have, like, hey, most people stay on one show, but then we'll have a few people, Lance Storm would ask, like, why don't you just have the champions can go on either show? Right, like, that would be the logical thing to do. <laughs> like, if you have a belt, you can go to whatever show you want. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that that makes so much more fucking sense. Like, but whatever. They don't think about those kind of things. Nope. Alright, what match are you picking next? Uh... I'll go with Samoa Joe retaining over Ricochet. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I I just think like Joe just got it back from Mysterio. Don't think he's gonna lose it just yet, but I think he could lose it to Ricochet maybe eventually. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm picking Ricochet, and actually, I I feel I feel like it could happen. I feel like, and actually, I, I'm wondering if it actually would be potentially less damaging to Joe to lose it like right away rather than holding on to it and then eventually ricochet beats him like if ricochet beats him especially if it's almost like a you know he kind of rolls him up at the end yeah and like it's actually still a clean pin but it's like a roll-up pin so it's like you know not totally dominant Mm -hmm. i could totally see that especially because like i think maybe if they do it right we could almost kind of see him as like this like sneaky inheritor of like the Rey mysterio role and energy if he's like you know freshly like kind of like winning the title off of the guy who like you know took it off of Rey Mysterio in that very weird way of like Rey not really winning it but then having to abdicate the title, <laughs> then it's like maybe Rey- Ricochet is like taking the Rey Mysterio spot, mm-hmm. in a sense, and they could become the because like I feel like in a certain way he definitely kind of channels that same energy of being like the most exciting sort of cruiserweight type of guy on the main roster. Obviously, he's not a masked guy, so it's different, but still, similar yeah. kind of spot and similar kind of feel, similar role. I mean, role. They, they could do a masked persona with him, like, calling back to his Lucha Underground days. Yeah, maybe we see the uh, 
the return of Prince Puma. Yeah. I don't think they could do Prince Puma, right? I'm sure Lucha Underground probably has that copyright, but something similar. Like, yeah, although I'd be I mean, if they did, like, King Lion. <laughs> yeah, King... He's just Simba. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to try and take advantage of the fact that Lion King's coming out soon. I was going to say... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like this now. We're going to change Ricochet to Simba. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, matches. Um, you know what? I I feel confident that WWE, and this is weird for me to say, but I think they might have finally learned a lesson from the past. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the storyline that they're doing right now with Bailey and Alexa is supposed to be an apology for how much they <laughs> fucked up Bailey last time We're with so the Alexa storyline. So I think this is the apology win. I think Bailey finally gets her win over Alexa Bliss, and we can finally put that shit all the way in the history books. <laughs> That's why I wasn't picking that one yet because I just have the strange feeling that Alexa's gonna win. I mean, Nikki Cross is the wild card here. That's like it all comes down to that. Is she gonna be like Charlie Day? Wild card. <laughs> wild card, bitches. <laughs> I cut the brakes. I was gonna say you cut the brakes. <laughs> oh my god. Yep, there we go. Bailey's driving to the arena. Nikki Cross cuts her brakes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alexa Bliss shows up with her coffee, like, you know, nonchalant. <laughs> Just pins Bailey's dead body and takes the title. Because it's 24-7 rules now. Where you just have to have a referee present. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, so... Next, I'm gonna say... Uh, oh, Daniel Bryan and Roman retain over heavy machinery. Yeah, I think that's that's very likely the case because yeah, heavy machinery. They're still way too new to to win a title and hold down a division. Honestly, I think they're also one of those teams too that just should not have been called up from NXT. Like they they no. could use with some more time down there. Um, but. Yeah, this would, this would be another one of those cases. Like, it's not. Qu- I think it's not quite as bad as the Lacey Evans thing, but like in a very similar category. That like this would be a travesty if they just gave it the heavy machinery. Yes. Because it's like, because you're absolutely right. They were called up way too soon. Way too soon. Way too soon. Like, I mean, like they. Yeah, it's just it's just too soon. Um. Because also, I really don't know where they would go from there. Like, these guys don't have enough of a character and enough of, like... I don't know. They're just they're just way too fucking new. Like, you just can't do it. <laughs> especially, like, I feel like Daniel Bryan is on a crusade to, like, really bring some credibility back to the tag team titles. And dropping it to these guys would just destroy that. So, I think they absolutely need to get past these guys and really need to get some better competition. Like... Why the fuck are the Usos not challenging for these titles? Haven't they beaten these guys like a couple of times? Uh, yes, they, they have. But then the Usos are on Raw now. Like, I don't even remember what fucking show the Usos are on. The Uso, because they were they are on Raw, correct? They're on Raw. Yeah. Okay. But then yeah, it was like the last pay per view, wasn't it? That they uh they beat Brian and Rowan, and then they just never bothered challenging them for the tag titles. Pretty much. What the fuck? Alright. Uh, okay, next match. So, man, this is... Okay, um, yeah, okay. I feel pretty confident about that. I feel like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to be getting a win over uh, New Day friends. Because uh, I feel like they they kind of need something at this point. Like, they, they brought him back, and then Kevin Owens is kind of being set up as, like, Kofi's challenger, but then... He gets replaced by Dolph because he didn't want to go to Saudi. And so I feel like if Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens can get the win here over New Day, then that'll maybe put them back on course and then get, like, Kevin and or Sami challenging against Kofi or something. Mm-hmm. So that's my thought there. 
But then again, I feel like they could also just kind of go with New Day's a strong, dominant tag team, and maybe they're just going to get a win here. I don't know. Yeah, that one's pretty much a 50-50, right? Yeah, especially because like, there's not clear stakes or anything. Yeah, and I feel like it could easily go either way. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What are you picking next? We got, uh, what is it, three matches left? Yeah, the Cruiserweight, the WWE, and uh, the Brains. And Brains versus McIntyre. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins Retains. Okay. Because I think no matter who the special guest referee is, I think Seth at least retains over Baron. Hmm. And then even if it is Lesnar and then he uses the opportunity to cash in, I think it might be after the match. Okay. That's fair. I can see that. However, uh, I am going to go with Lesnar then. Because I'm going to say that he (laughs) is the guest referee and that he cashes in mid-match. Like at a, like right when he like right when Seth Rollins is about to win, or something, then he'll not go for the count. Like he'll disappear out of the ring, grab the briefcase, smack Seth over the back with it, then cash in, and then just fuck him into oblivion. Mm-hmm. So I think that yeah, this will get changed into a triple threat mid match in a mirror sort of way that the uh, the WrestleMania match did, where like Seth Rollins had cashed in mid match against uh reigns and lesnar mm-hmm. so it turns into a triple threat which then lesnar wins and actually you know i wonder maybe lesnar doesn't even pin rollins maybe he fucks up rollins and throws him out in the same way that rollins did to him and then just pins corbin instead maybe like say seth rollins is like guard curb stomped rollins curb corp the curb stomped corbin then Brock Lesnar picks him up and then F5s Corbin and then pins him. Yep. I I can see it. I can fucking see it in my brain now. Okay. Two matches left. Um, It's crazy that the Cruisermate match is still up for Chris. I know. Well, it's... Yeah, I don't... I feel like I almost want to pick that one because i have a weird yeah because like with reigns and mcintyre it's so fucking hard to pick who's gonna win that one actually like but that i feel is like the cruiserweight match toss. is kind of the same i the three guys i agree but i feel like i have a stronger inclination because with reigns and mcintyre like the fact that shane has won that match against rain has just thrown me <laughs> off so bad because it's like then so theoretically because it's like theoretically then like McIntyre absolutely should win but then like they're not gonna like how are they gonna have Reigns lose again like I just <laughs> oh you just watch I I mean I guess I will kind of watch I'm not super excited about the pay-per-view I feel like the only match I'm really that excited for is uh kind of like Ricochet Samoa Joe I kind of want to see that mm-hmm. um Actually, and I do kind of want to see his cruiserweight title match, especially if the guy that I'm about to predict wins. It's time for fucking Drew Gulak. Oh, I will so be down for that, please. It is time, and it's the perfect time too, because he can you know, pin Tozawa, to which then sets up a rematch then with him and Nice, and then he can beat Nice one on one, and it'll be the time for Drew Gulak to reign over 205 Live like he was always meant to, with PowerPoint. Yes, with power. Oh my god. Please, let that be the first thing he does as champion. Come out he goes, and... <laughs> he does a PowerPoint presentation of like how he won. Oh my god, like yes! strategy. <laughs> oh, like, shoot. I worked on his leg. And as you can see, then I put him in this submission, and then he tapped out. And then because of that, he could not do his moves. And then I tapped him out. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Please, please. Alright, who are you picking then instead of Gulak? You got two options this time. Uh I'll go with Nice retaining. Okay. Definitely possible. I, I think it's I think it's even across these three of who wins. Mm-hmm. Really? I, cause I, I kinda well, feel par- like I feel like Tozawa has no horse in this race, unfortunately. I think he's just the guy to take the pin. Yeah, probably. 
But I will say that the the rumors are that WWE is going to get back into uh, giving this show more story. So hmm. we shall see. I mean, I would definitely not mind if Tozawa. Honestly, I feel like I would rather have Tozawa win over Nice retaining because I feel like Nice has been a very boring champion. Yeah, which sucks because I liked him so much. Yeah, like I, I, I think that he could. I think that maybe if he loses the title, that can help get him some fire back because I feel like as champion, he's just been very complacent. And I think he needs some more of that fire. Because, like, when he was the challenger coming up against Buddy Murphy, I thought that it was an amazing story, but I thought he had some decent heat, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, he had some... He It felt like he had something to prove. And I feel like now he's just kind of been coasting on his laurels. So, so I would, I would like to see a little bit more of a fire lit under his ass again. Um, but anyway, we got the last match there. Who are you taking? Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre? Uh, WWE's two golden boys. I'm gonna go with Drew McIntyre. Mm, Okay. The Drew McIntyre. Because I feel like at some point, like, unless Lesnar fucks up this whole situation again with the title, like, they're gonna need to build a new challenger for Rollins. And I've been kind of always waiting for, like, when McIntyre was gonna be that guy, because it always kind of felt like he was gonna be the next guy. Yeah, but he's been feeling that way for a while, so. Yeah, and but then now it's like he's being subservient to Shane, and I feel like that really hurts his chances. But then again, I guess they could always just kind of flip that script a little bit and then have Shane just be supporting Drew as he's going for the title. Because that's like a pretty McMahon thing to do, right? You know, you just you yeah, pick your true. guy and you back him. Like, Stephanie's done that. Triple H has done that. Not that, like they were all backing them first and then it flipped but just that you know the big man's kind of choose behind somebody but then yeah it's like i could also see because the other flip side of it too is i feel like they could also try to build up like say if rollins keeps the title you could go to like reigns versus rollins you know that's a feud you yeah. can do especially now that they're both babyface because before when they feuded i believe that was all the way back when rollins was a uh, heel yeah probably and I'm trying to, I think they only very briefly feuded when they were both faced when they had that like kind of mini three-way uh, shield feud for like a month or two until it because they only did it at the one pay-per-view I'm trying to remember, was it Money in the Bank? yeah where Money in the Bank was when Dean Ambrose stole the title away because it was Reigns versus Rollins at that pay-per-view and then they rematched I think at the next one with the triple threat Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it yeah, I could go either way on this one, but I feel like from a storytelling perspective, like Reigns should lose, right? Because he lost to a single Claymore kick off of McIntyre and was then able to get pinned by Shane from that. Even though the way that book match, ugh, I can't even talk about the Shane shit. <laughs> but he's the best in the world, so he is the best in the world. He is though. He pinned Reigns after, like, a pretty clean match. Like, I mean, McIntyre hit him the once, but, like, before that, Shane was just demolishing him. Like, I don't know how. So, I don't know. Reigns does not deserve the win. Uh, sh- Should we do, I don't know, I guess based on our predictions here, we already kind of have the uh, question answered here, but... Should we do a bonus question of the Will Lesnar cash in, yes or no? And then if so, on who? Because I uh, guess he still does have the option to cash yeah, in on Kofi. We can throw that um, in, and I'll say he won't cash in. Okay. You've already said he will, so. Yes, I say yes on Rollins. Well, I guess Rollins slash Corbin, but more so Rollins. Yeah, I guess they could all throw us for a total loop and have him cash in on Kofi this time. Have him go into the steel cage and like throw him around in there. Or, yeah. Yeah. here you go. Here's the ultimate fucking thing. Because uh, depending on the wording of the contract, um, are you allowed to challenge for any title in WWE? Or is it just a world title? With the, the money bank is world title. Okay, but I don't, I don't think know. they've ever. 
All right, I guess I, get, I was about to pitch something, but I guess they do have a firm stance why it couldn't be this. I was going to say maybe uh, Brock Lesnar to get ultimate heat should cash in on Becky Lynch and steal the Raw Women's title by uh, declaring that he uh, identifies as a female, so therefore he can compete in the women's division. Um, but they do have a women's money in the bank, which Bailey won, so I think that would be a precedent for like the fact that he could not do that. But if he were allowed to and they really wanted to get some heat, I feel like that would get people pissed. Yep. And it would just further go into WWE's style of booking, which is that like they don't care about anything long-term. They just want to do short-term, whatever's going to be the most outrageous thing, to try and pop a rating. But in the process, destroy the core of their product. But that's why we have AEW. But that's that's why AEW is springing up. That's why we have New Japan. Why we have Ring of Honor. Why we have... You know, I want to try and get back into... Or, or not back into, because I never was into, but I want to try watching Impact a little bit more. Cause you I, definitely should. It's getting a lot better. Because, like, bef- I, I've, from time to time, I've gone and watched, like, the Johnny Impact matches, just because, you know, I'm a big fan of his. But, like, I feel like I'd like to start trying to watch more of their shows just in general, too. Because it feels like things are getting better over there. I keep hearing good things. They also have a free... Have you ever heard about that thing called Pluto TV? Pluto TV. That does sound familiar. It's, like, just this free TV service that you can either mm-hmm. watch online or, like, my TV has a channel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go through and pick, like, these different free channels, and one of them is Impact, and they th- they show, like, random old stuff. Hmm. That might be sketchy. Depends on how old. Because if it's, like, the AJ Styles, you've got a fake baby era, I don't know if I want to watch that shit. No, I mean, like, <laughs> but... it, goes all, it goes all the way back to, like, the original pay-per-views and stuff like that. Ooh, okay. Because, yeah, like, if it's, uh, you know, Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe Triple Threat, I'll yes. watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> or any X Division match. Yes. Give me X Division. Alright, I think that does it for us this week. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much going to wrap it up for Stomping Grounds. What a oddly named stupid pay-per-view. Yeah, they're, they're kicking ass and taking names and, and Stomping Grounds. <laughs> Although, do you think this one's worse or Great Balls of Fire from a couple of years ago? Great Balls of Fire, totally worse. <laughs> Especially because yeah. it had the whole fucking Great Balls of Fire song, which is yep. so not even the pay-per-view song. <laughs> like, at least Stomping Grounds, like, that's a phrase. Like, oh, I'm back at my old Stomping Grounds. Like, Yeah, and, like, it plays into, like, the finishing move of, like, the champion. He's yeah. got the curb stomp. Like, okay. Great Balls, you know what? Great Balls of Fire should have happened if there was an Inferno match and Kane was on the card. Then, mm-hmm. then it can make sense. But yeah, stomping grounds, stupid, but at least there's some little bit of logic to it, I guess. And I guess we'll see how the logic plays out this Sunday. Yeah, and then uh, we'll be back for what's next. Yeah, let's see what's next. Is like the the G one ah. will be going on for a little while. Extreme uh, Rules, July fourteenth. Ah. Wow, that's actually pretty fucking quick. Yeah, what is that, it's in three Philly. weeks? Oh, and it's in Philly? Yeah. Cool, I can't wait to not go to that. Yeah, I'm definitely not going. <laughs> Man, I, did you hear fucking, like, how much, like, stomping grounds having a lot of trouble uh, selling Oh, did tickets? you see? Well, dude, I'll go. We should go if they lower tickets as much as they did for stomping grounds. All right, fair enough. Yeah, if, if the if the tickets are they, as dirt cheap as they are for stopping grounds, they did like two for the upper level. They did like two for twenty bucks. Like what? Oh my yeah. gosh! Yes. All right. If it's that cheap, we absolutely have to go. <laughs> just for that. Just for the lulls. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't care if I'm sitting in the top row of the Wells Fargo Center. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's funny as shit. Oh my god. Okay. Cool. Well, let's, let's right. cut off on that note. That's hilarious. Yeah. And we'll update you. You get two tickets for twenty dollars. Yes. Well, uh, we'll when you come we come back from predictions, we'll let you know if we're gonna raid the show or if we're gonna let it be. Yeah. All right. So see you guys in a couple weeks. Yes. Peace out. Watch good wrestling until then. The G one will be up. There's no excuse, you motherfuckers. There's gonna be a lot of good shows. WWE may may making shit, but G one is gonna be good this year. So get on New Japan World. And watch that shit. <laughs> God damn it. Sonata and Evil are in the same block this year, dude. And then Shingo and Naito are in the same block. Oh my god, the interfactional drama. 
Alright. That's it. Bye, everybody. Okay. <laughs>